on judgment day, many will tell me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply this in verse 23, but I will reply, I never knew you go away. The things you did are unauthorized. Hello, everybody. It is me again, Minister Curtis Griffin. I want to thank you all for joining me on this beautiful Sunday morning. So on today, uh, I have a word for you. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. Um, I thank God that Uh, He has allowed us to make it this far. Amen. I thank God that he has allowed us to make it this far. I thank God that he has allowed us to get to this streaming platform to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether or not you like it. So let's get into this word. Amen. So I'm coming out of Matthew, book of Matthew, chapter 7. As you know, we love to go deep into the word. So we we going to read the whole chapter and each chapter has, a, I'm sorry, each um, set of verses, um, for example, verse uh, Matthew chapter seven, verse one through six is talking about not condemning others while verse is uh, seven through 11 is talking about having an effective prayer and then you have verse uh 12 talking about the golden rule and then you have verses verse uh 13 and 14 talking about the narrow gate then you have verses 15 through 20 talking about the uh, a tree and its fruit and then you have verses 21 through 23 talking about the true disciples and then you have verse uh verses 24 through 29 talking about building on a solid foundation so we're going to get into this. Amen. Amen. We are going to get into this. So let's get into this. But first, let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven us from all for all of our sins. Oh, God, I thank you, God, that you have uh, forgiven us and for all of our trespasses. And, and I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, God, that this word that will be spoken is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through even the piercing through even the dividing us under the soul and spirit. I thank you, God, that the word that will go forth will will convict, it will bless, it will encourage, and it will uplift your people. Lord, let this word be sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through even the dividing us under the soul and spirit. Let it be as such in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's get into this. So let's. we're going to start at we're going to start at the first section talking about not condemning others. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1 through 6. It reads as such from the New Living Translation. Stop 
judging others and you will not be judged for those for others will threat will treat you as you treat them whatever measure you use in judging others it will be used to how you are judged and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own how verse 4 can you think of saying let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye verse 5 hypocrite first get rid of the log in your own eye then perhaps you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Here's verse 6. Don't give what is holy to unholy people. Don't give pearls to swine. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Let me read verse 6 again. It says, don't give what is holy holy to unholy people Jesus don't uh, don't give what God gives you to somebody who God does not know amen see 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 now I'm getting on people's nerves because I see I see you about to click off and go to a different episode but listen don't give what God has given you to somebody that God does not even know but didn't God create us all? Yes, he did. But God, oh, Jesus, when the day of judgment comes, he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. See, that's that's crazy to me how he can create somebody and not know them. But it's all about that relationship that you have with him, that that he will know you. So don't give what God has given you to somebody that God does not even know. Don't give pearls to swine. They will trample the pearls and then attack you. Don't give your gifts to somebody who uh, don't give your gifts to somebody who God has not ordained or commissioned to have that gift because why they will run over it they will run over you they never liked you and they will turn and curse you by the name of their false god or they will turn and they will uh, attack you they will abuse you they will hurt you come on jesus they will hurt you they don't like you they never did like you so let's get into this. This just this first passage in Matthew chapter seven has a whole lot more that we can cover. But let's get into it. I'm 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 gonna rip open the word of God. Amen. Amen. So it says, Stop judging others, and you will not be judged. Now what what I don't judge people. I don't I don't judge people really. Really, you don't judge people. When was the last time, thank you God. When was the last time you saw somebody on the street? And he said, "Ooh, she does not look good in that. Ooh, why is his pants sagging? Did he ever get a haircut? Ooh, no wonder he homeless. 
Like, 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 have you ever just sat in your car or have you ever looked out the window and watched somebody walk by and you didn't say hi, you didn't speak, you you know, you had a judgmental spirit. And then Matthew chapter seven, verse two, for others will treat you the way you treat them. Treat others the way you would rather be treated. But if you would rather be, uh, but if you would rather be judged, oh, help Jesus. If you would rather be judged, then you can go ahead and judge others. But I know I don't want to be judged. So since I don't want to be judged, I'm not going to judge others. What measure you use in judging others, it will be used to judge you. Now, what does that mean? However much you would judge somebody else, the amount of times you judge somebody else about what they got on, about how they sound, about how they preach, about how they prophesy, about how they do this, about how, about the clothes that they wear, about, about how they smell. You will be judged in the same manner on the day of judgment verse three and why worry about the speck in your friends eye? see matthew he went all over the place but it all ends up coming back together for some apparent reason i don't know why matthew done did this he said and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when there is a log in your own now 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 what are you saying i ain't got no no log in my eye my friend ain't got no speck in their eye. This is spiritual talk. Now you got to come up. You got to get a plane ticket. You got to come up with me. Because look, when you are, uh, thank you, Jesus. When you are judging somebody else based off of what you cannot see or what you are claiming to see. Oh, Jesus. When you are judging somebody else based off of what you cannot see or what you are claiming to see, you have a log in your eye. And what and 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 when you are trying to talk to somebody or you're trying to correct somebody based off of what you cannot see or based off of what you claim to see, you are dealing with a speck in somebody else's eye and you can't even see it. So now you may fool around and pull out their whole eyeball because you are trying to deal with a speck when you can't even see it past the log that is in your own. Verse four, how can you think of saying, let me help you get rid of the speck in your own eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? He said, hypocrite. In verse five, he said, hypocrite. Can I go to, can I go to CJV version? Stupid. Back and forth person. First sweep around your your own front door before you go take your broom to somebody else's and start sweeping at things. The word says, hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then perhaps you will see enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Perhaps, hypothetically, Maybe your vision is, maybe your vision is permanently deleted and you need to go into prayer and say, God, give me back my vision because I asked you to remove the log, but I still can't see. 
Then he says in verse 6, and then we're moving on to effective prayer. These all go together. These all go together. So you just got to stay with me. Amen. We barely have even scratched the surface of verse uh, of of, uh, chapter 7, verse 1 through 6. But look at this. Six, don't give what is holy to unholy people. Don't give pearls to swine. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Now look at this. Don't give what is of the Lord. Don't give what is God's to somebody who God does not know. You might know them, but God don't know them. You might say that they are a good person. You are deeming them to be good people. But look at this people of God. Look at this. 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 See, see on on next week, we'll cover Matthew chapter eight, where it talks about it's talking about the faith of a Roman officer. And it's talking about and talking about Jesus and how he heals a man with leprosy and how he heals many other people after that. And the cost of following Jesus. That's what we really going to get into the cost of following Jesus. See, the cost of following Jesus is holding some of the stuff back. Jesus. <gasps> Thank you. See, th- holding some of the things back, holding some of the word that you have received from God about somebody, holding the vision back that you have received, holding it back from the unholy person instead of automatically going and telling them you need to go and repent. Sometimes you got to wait until the commander in chief says, okay, now it's time to do it. He says, don't give what is holy to somebody who is unholy. See, this is the reason why I was talking to you about discernment. I believe it was in the forgiven series. I believe that's what it, I believe that's when it was. Just don't quote me on that. But discernment is what tells you whether or not somebody is holy or unholy. This is the reason why whatever God gives you, you give it back to him. You don't give it to them. You give it to him. Unless God says, this is what I am giving to you to give to them. Don't give pearls to swine because they will trample the pearl and then turn and attack you for giving them the pearl. Jesus, they will destroy whatever you have given them. They will abuse the power that you have given them. And then they will turn and attack you and then make you feel bad. And then make you uh, start thinking about doing some unholy things and, and turn yourself away from the church. At, oh, okay. This was... Let's, 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 let's move on. Let's move on. Effective prayer. See, this goes hand in hand, but it goes hand in hand with the last verse, because in order for you to gain your discernment, you got to pray. Verse seven, verse seven, three, 11, effective prayer. It says, keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. 
For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And the door is open to everyone who knocks. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If this is verse 11, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. I just went to King James Version right quick. Knock and the door shall be open. But look at this people of God. If you ask repetitively, repeatedly, if you ask God, God, I need this. God, I need this. You go to God in prayer about it. God will say here. God will give you, ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. If you keep on looking, then you will find what you are looking for. Knock, and the door shall be open. If you're knocking on the door of opportunity, oh, shatatataya. If you are, if you are knocking on the door of opportunity, and you keep knocking, the door will be open in due time. But you just gotta keep on knocking. You just gotta keep on knocking. You say, Lord, I know this door is gonna open, but I just gotta keep knocking. I know this door is gonna open, but I, I have to keep knocking. I know the door has to open, but I have to keep knocking. I have to keep knocking. I have to keep asking. I have to keep searching. I have to keep looking. I have to keep knocking. I have to keep going. I have to keep going because that is my blessing. That is my opportunity. That is my hope. That is my hope and my dream behind that door. For everyone who asks, who, for everyone who asketh receives. Everyone who seeks shall find. And every door that is open is only open to the people who knock. Ah, Jesus. It's only open to the people who are persistent. It's only, the door is only open to the people who are praying. The door is only open to the people who do not give the unholy things. We're going back to verse six. Who don't give the unholy things. uh, Who don't give the holy things to the unholy people. Who don't give the things of God to the people of the devil. Keep asking, keep looking, keep knocking, keep praying, keep fasting, keep seeking God. Because as soon as you do that, God will, God will fool around and bless you. And then you won't even know because you're still seeking him for the next thing and the next thing. And then you're still seeking him. You're still looking for him. You're still trying to find him. Ask and it shall be given. Seek, look. And ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open. For everyone who asketh, receives. And if a man seeketh, ye shall find. And the door is open to everyone who knocks. 
Now we're going into a little example here. See, this is what Matthew done did. He done gave an example. He said, you parents, if your child is asking for a loaf of bread, do you give him a stone? Let's do it this way. Parents, if your child is asking for a sandwich, do you give him a steak? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? If they ask, oh, help Jesus. If they ask for help, do you send them to a tutor? If they're asking, uh, if they're asking to go outside, do you give them a Nintendo Switch? If they're asking to go play at the park, do you uh, give them a, 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 a Xbox One or, or the, uh, the, the new Xbox or the PlayStation 5? Do, do you give that to them? I think not. Why? Because your children are asking for specific. Your children are asking for specific things. And if your child is asking for something specific, they are not asking for anything else except for that specific thing. Okay, let's let's move on. Let's move on because I, I feel like I'm I'm going into uncharted territory, but I like it. He says, of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? If you know how to get the PlayStation 5 and a whole heap of games or the or the new or the Nintendo Switch and a whole heap of games or the new Xbox and a whole heap of games with the controllers and all the stuff how much will the Lord God Jehovah give you? Because I thought that God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh. Come on, somebody. If you know that your God ain't poor, God will give you something good. But look, You cannot give the gifts of God to somebody who is sinful. Sometimes you got to keep the gifts of God to yourself unless told otherwise by God. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. We're in verse 12 talking about the golden rule. I help Jesus. Here we go. This, this goes hand in hand. See, the golden rule goes hand in hand with uh, Matthew chapter 7 and verse uh, uh, 2. Now look at this. It says, do for others what you would like them to do for you. This is a summary of what of all that is taught in the law of the prophets. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do for others as you would have them do for you. If what goes around comes around. If, see, I was I was watching, I was watching. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I'm going everywhere, but you got to follow me. You got to get a plane taken, come with me. You got to get an Uber and you got to go to the airport. Come on, Jesus. So, 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 so. I was watching this, 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 uh, video and this, and this, uh, uh, this lady, this, well, this homeless man, he was, you know, holding out a cup for some spare change because he didn't want to sleep out on the streets. 
So, so there was a lady that walked by and gave him a $20 bill and told, uh, and told him where she worked at, but, but she had accidentally dropped her wedding ring in there. So, so he was looking around for her and he was going around on all the street corners saying, Hey, this, this lady uh, work here. Does this lady work here? Does this lady work here? And then he walked over by a pawn shop. When he walked by the pawn shop, he, he took the ring in the pawn shop and he said, um, I'm looking to get some money for this ring. And, and the, the, the cashier, he, you know, took his little magnifying glass and he looked at the diamond and he said that this, this is worth $14,000. This ring is, this is a nice ring. This is worth $14,000. No, he didn't say 14. I'm sorry. He said 4,000. He said, this is worth 14 I'm sorry, $4,000. And, you know, the homeless guy, he didn't, he hadn't received that amount of money before. So he, he looked at it. He was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And then he, he thought about it. And then the video cut back to when she, uh, the, the lady, when she said, what well, goes around, comes around. I believe what goes around comes around. So he took the ring back. He said, I'm sorry, I changed my mind. So the cashier put the money back in the bag and he went and the homeless man went about his way searching for the woman. And then he remembered what the woman said that she worked across the street from where he was getting the change at first. Let me, let me fast forward. Let me fast forward. So he goes to where he was and then he goes across the street, going to every building there and saying, Hey, does this lady work here? Does this lady work here? And he finally found where she worked and then he he asked one of the clerks there, does this lady work here? And the lady called the other one, the lady. And the clerk called the lady and the lady said, hi, uh, what are you doing here? And, and, and the homeless man gave her the ring back and said, I believe this belongs to you. And then he said, a wise woman once told me, which was the same woman that went and gave him the money. A wise woman once told me what goes around comes around. And the woman went online and started a GoFundMe page. And he got more than what the ring was worth. Oh, Jesus. He got more than what the ring was worth from that GoFundMe page. He got over $100,000. Over $100,000. And in that GoFundMe, the woman put the story in the little tech in the box and told that story and everybody put some money in and and the homeless man did not did not have to sleep on the streets another night he went and got him an apartment an apartment yes he did and got him an apartment but what i'm telling you is that this is what matthew is saying he's saying do to others as you would like them to do for you if you are Jesus, if you are trying to, 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 to hold back the things of God from the people of God, 
oh, wait a minute. See, if you're holding back the things of God from the people of God, now you're being stingy. And now what somebody else would have done to you, they cannot do for you because do unto others as they would have them do unto you. I just had to share that. We got to move on. We have to move on to because uh, we are running low on 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 time. But it don't even matter because whenever the Lord says go, we gonna go. Amen. So uh, now we're moving to the narrow gate. Uh, talking in 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 Matthew seven verse thirteen through fourteen, and it says, "You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate." The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide for for many who choose the easy way. Verse 14, but the gateway to life is small and the road is narrow and only few ever find it. You can enter into God's kingdom. It is possible for you to enter into God's kingdom, but only through a narrow gate. The gate, the path that leads to life is narrow while the the road that leads to destruction is wide and broad. That's the word of God. If you want to go to hell, you can go down the easy route. But I know what I want. I don't want to be in eternal damnation or eternal death. I want to be in eternal life where there's air conditioning. See, see, I associate heaven. See, we all associate heaven and hell with different things. I associate hell with heaven and hell with air conditioning. Why? Because the Bible talks about how hell is an eternal fire. They des- the Bible describes hell as eternal fire. Uh, hell, fire, and brimstone is eternal fire and eternal death and sadness. Uh, I cannot see myself being down there. Why? Because there is no air conditioning down there. It's, it's hot. It's hot, right? It's hot. It's hot. I need to be somewhere where there's air conditioning. So when you go up to heaven, there's some good old air conditioning in there. Good old air conditioning, a breeze, a beautiful breeze to pass through and sanctified your spirit. The pathway that leads to eternal heat is wide. It's easy. It's easy. We was born on the path that is wide. But it is up to you to choose which path you go. Will you go down the path that is narrow and straight? Or will you go down the road that is wide, broad, and easy? Because you, since you was born on that path, it's not too hard to get. Oh, help Jesus. It's not too hard to stay on that path since you was born on that path. What, what are you talking about? In Psalms, it's David says we were born sinners. Yes. From the time my mother conceived me, we were all born on the path of unrighteousness and unholiness, but it is up to you as a follower of Jesus Christ to choose which path to go to. Are you going down the path of unholiness and unrighteousness, or are you going down the path of holiness and righteousness, which is narrow 
and it is hard to stay on because you have because you have tribulation and you have temptation that comes right behind you to, to, to deter you from the path of righteousness and holiness. But the only way to stay on that path is through Jesus Christ. The only way to stay on that path is through Jesus Christ. Let's move on to verse 15 through 20, which is talking about the tree trees and its fruit. This is, this is what, this is the whole thing is about what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about, uh, not condemning others or judging others, not, uh, uh, having an effective prayer, the golden rule, which all prophets should follow and the narrow gate. And now we're here now where Jesus is giving this parable about trees and the fruit that they bear. Now let's get into this. He says in verse 15, Beware false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really wolves that will tear you apart. You can detect them by the way they act. Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit. Now, let me give you some examples. You can identify an apple tree. You can't, oh Jesus, you can't identify if you did not have the little package of seeds that say apple tree on it. If you did not look at that package and you just took out a seed and planted it in the ground, you would not know what that, what that tree would be. You would not know if that was an apple tree or if that was a banana tree or if that was a, 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 a a, a pear tree you wouldn't know if that was an orange or lemon tree you would not know what uh what type of tree it was because you don't see the identification on the package so the only way that you can tell what type of tree it is is by the fruit that it bears so that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying that there that the people see, imagine yourself being a tree, whatever fruit or vegetable or whatever. Imagine yourself being a tree or a plant and you have been and the, and there is a seed that has been planted and watered and taken care of and the only way that that somebody can identify you as a Christian is by the fruit that you bear or by the words that you speak or by how you walk in Christ or by the by the materials that you carry carry. So, so you can, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can, uh, you don't pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. You don't pick grapes from bushes and you don't pick figs from vines. You pick figs from trees and you pick grapes from vines. So if things are out of order or out of place, now you have to look at the person or because of the fruit that they are bearing is not on the correct, uh, it's not on the correct source. It's not on the correct line. Verse 17, a healthy tree produces good fruit. An unhealthy tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, the way to identify a tree or a person is by the kind of fruit 
that is produced. So look at this. If you are in ministry, if you call yourself a prophet, a bishop, an apostle, a pastor, a teacher, a minister, an evangelist, or just a disciple with word from the Lord, if you do not Uh, If you are not producing the right fruit, then you are in the wrong calling because the fruit that you are producing is not the right fruit. Look at this. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit and bad tree cannot produce good fruit. But if you are, uh, if you are a bad tree, help Jesus. If you are a bad tree by nature, then what needs to happen is the bad tree needs to be chopped down so that a good tree can be planted and grown. I help Jesus. See, I keep going back to Psalms when David says, when David says that we were born sinners. Yes, by the time our mothers conceived us, we was we were sinners. So we were all bad trees. Look at this. We were all bad trees, but God has chosen. God has called and commissioned and chosen some people to help chop down to, as he has chopped down the bad tree so that a good tree can be planted. He wants the good tree to be planted so that you can produce good fruit, but only if you allow him to chop down the bad tree in your life. See, the thing about it is, people of God, you cannot have, you cannot say I am a Christian, but you are still carrying a bad tree. You have not thrown it in, you have not thrown it into the fire. You are still holding that bad tree. You're still holding that close, but you are calling yourself a Christian. Now you are being as, as Matthew uh, seven and verse five says, you are being a hypocrite. Just that beginning word, you are being a hypocrite because you are holding on to the bad tree. You have not given the bad tree back to the one who chopped it so he could throw it back into the fire. No, you have kept the bad tree, but you are trying to receive the good tree from God. So now you are producing double fruit and one is good and one is bad. So now you have to look now to where... Now you have to look to where, uh, what identification are you going to go by? Are you going to go by the bad tree to where you have more friends, more followers? Or are you going to go by, or are you going to go by the good tree where there is temptation and trials and people are going to, and people are going to hurt you and people are going to taunt you and people are going to attack you. Which tree are you going to go by? The one that seems good, but will lead you to eternal damnation and death and fire. Or are you going to do, are you going to, are you going to identify by the tree that will lead you to eternal life? But it's all about which tree, which tree you choose and which tree you allow to produce fruit. Now let's keep moving. Verse 21 through 23 is talking about the true disciples. Here it is. Verse 21. It says, not all people who sound religious are really godly. They may, they may refer to me as Lord, but they still won't enter the kingdom of heaven. They deceive I'm sorry, the decisive issue 
is whether they obey my father in heaven. Verse 22. If you heard the last uh, uh, podcast episode, I was talking to you from Matthew chapter 20, uh, 24. Verse uh yeah, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 44. And then I moved to uh, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31. And it, and it was talking about the sheep and the goat and where God is and where God uh, separates the sheep and, and from the goat. And he's saying that the goats uh, did not did not feed him when he was hungry, did not clothe him when he was naked, did not give him anything to drink when he was thirsty and did not and did not uh, 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 allow him into his into their home when he was homeless. So, so, so here it is. The true disciples are the sheep. Thank you, Matthew. He says in 21 that all people who sound religious are really not religious. They are really not godly. They may speak in tongues. They may uh, shout. They may preach. They can hoop. They can tear the house down. They can, they can, ah, they can do all of that. They can say the Lord God, Jehovah, all they want. They can say Jesus. They can say this. They can say that, but their life does not reflect what they are preaching. Ah, help Jesus. Their life is not reflecting what they are preaching. So what they are preaching is incorrect and it is void. So he says, not all people who sound religious are really godly. They may refer, they may refer to me as Lord, but they still won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. See everybody who says, Lord, 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 Jesus, 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 Jehovah, God almighty. Anybody who says that they may or may not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Everybody who says that could not or will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. They may not be in that number. They can say, I want to be in the number. I want to be in the number. I want to be in the number all they want. But if they're not in the number, if they're not written in the Lamb's book of life, if they don't, oh, help Jesus. If they do not actually claim that Jesus Christ died and he walked this earth over 2000 years ago and he walked this earth and he was crucified for our sins and he was risen from the dead by his father. And he was caught up in a cloud and now sits at the right hand of God. If they don't really claim that, if they don't really follow that teaching, then they are preaching a null and void gospel. Let's keep going. The the decisive issue is whether or not they will obey my father in heaven. See, these people... See, these people are really are what divides the body of Christ from the sinners. See, see, these people are the ones who are, 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 are saying, Jesus, I prophesy in Jesus name. I diss that and the other and da, 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 and da, 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 and da, 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 and this is the year of this. And this is the year of that. And today and tomorrow and this, that, and the other. And I want to see Jesus and this, that, and the other. But the decisive issue, the thing that will really separate the sheep from the goat is whether or not they will obey the father God in heaven and whether or not they will obey God is, is, and whether or not they will obey God is the real, uh, is the real, uh, 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 
what's the word is the real division factor is the real factor as to where they will what eternity they will uh, be in he says in verse 22 on judgment day many will tell me lord lord we prophesied in your name we cast out demons in your name we perform miracles in your name You can say, I prophesied in your name. I preached the gospel in your name. I taught in your name. I evangelized in your name. I discipled in your name. I did all of this in your name. I prayed in your name. I did this and that in your name, but he did not know you. That's the reason why I was saying in verse six of Matthew chapter seven, don't give what God has given you to people who God does not even know because it says it here in verse 22 that everybody who says this, he says in verse 23, I never knew you. And then he says, go away because you did things that were unauthorized. They are void unto my name. Let's move on. Verse 24 through 28. This is the last one and we'll be done. Building on a solid foundation. Verse 24 says, anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When it rains and the floods come and the winds beat on against the house, the house will fall with a mighty crash. After Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were amazed at his at his teaching, for he taught as one who had real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. That last portion, verse 28 through 29, that is that is written in black. We are not talking about that. We are talking about what Jesus is talking about right here. And uh, from verse 24 to verse 27. Now look at this, people of God. He says, anyone who listens to my teachings, anyone who listens to Jesus is wise. And they are, and they are like a person who built their house on solid rock. If you have a sturdy foundation, which is the word of God and prayer, when the rains come and the flood waters rise and the winds beat around the house, the house will not fall, nor will it shake. Because of the foundation of the spiritual foundation, we are all in the spirit. If you are not, if you are not up here with me, you should have already got your plane ticket, got your Uber and came to the airport and caught up with us because we is almost finished. Look, he says, that in order for you to have a sturdy foundation, you must listen to my teachings and become wise. Because when you are doing this and you are being obedient to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are like a person who puts a house on solid rock so that when the flood rains come and the flood waters rise and the winds blow up against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on a sturdy, spiritual, sound, uh, 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 sound foundation. 
But anyone who listens to the teachings of God and ignores it, just goes about their merry day, like about a few people that is listening to this podcast right now. You just thinking I'm saying a whole bunch of hoopla. You are ignorant and you are foolish because now you are building your house upon sand. We are in the spirit. Now you are building your house upon spiritual unsturdy foundation. So that way, when the rains come and the flood waters rise and the winds beat around the house, it will fall and crash and break and everything you own will be utterly destroyed because you did not listen to the teachings of God. Now, look at this. We are in the spirit because Jesus is saying this from the spirit. So if Jesus is saying, if you're listening to me and you are obeying me, you are building your house on a sturdy foundation. You're building your houses. You're building your house on a, on a, on a sturdy foundation, on a foundation that is never going to be moved. That will never change. It's like, it's like if you're a construction worker and you build and you take a house, right? And you have a blueprint. But every construction worker knows that in order for the house to be built and to be sturdy, it has to have some type of foundation. So whether or not the foundation is made of cement, which is a really sturdy thing, whether or not that foundation is made of cement will determine whether or not, look at this, will determine whether or not that house or that apartment will stay standing for a long period of time. Now look at this. If the construction worker places the house on flat land, or if a construction worker is building a house upon, upon a hill, that construction worker now has to see how much concrete or cement do I have to put on this side of the foundation to keep the house level. Now look at this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise like a person who who builds a house on solid rock. Now look at this. If a construction worker is building a house without a foundation, then the house will fall like, like the foolish person who ignores the teachings of God and puts the house on sand. Amen, somebody. So, so, so now you are looking at this in a different fashion. If a construction worker, anyone, any construction worker that does not already know that a house has to be built on a foundation, Jesus Christ, holy, holy lamb of God. If, if, if you are a construction worker, and you don't already know that a house has to be built on a foundation, that is not your profession because that is just second nature for a, for a, uh, construction worker that despite what the blueprint says, we have to have some type of foundation. Now that all depends on the levels of the house, how deep the foundation should go to hold up the house or to hold up the apartment complex or to hold up the storage unit or to hold up the building. It all depends now. So anyone who listens to my teaching is wise, like a person who builds a house on a sturdy, solid foundation. Because when the rain comes and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat up against the house, it will not collapse. 
because it is built on a sturdy foundation. But anyone who doesn't listen to the words or doesn't listen to the teachings or doesn't obey God's teachings, then they are like a person who has built their house on sand. And when it rains and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat up against the house, it will fall and crash. Just like a construction worker. If the construction worker does not build the house on a foundation or on some type of on some type of sturdy foundation, when the floodwaters rise and the winds beat up against the house and snow comes and, 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 and anything like that or a tornado hit, the house will fall and crash unless they build it on a sturdy foundation. Amen. So when Jesus was teaching all of this in Matthew chapter 7, he was he was amazing the people because he was not teaching. He was he was teaching religious law, but he wasn't teaching it the way the people who was teaching it before were teaching it. So, when they were when when Jesus was teaching Look at this people. When Jesus was teaching these people He was teaching them out of the spirit, out of the Holy Ghost. He was teaching from the Holy Ghost perspective, not from the law's perspective. He was teaching about, about not judging people, about praying, about, about, about praying effectively, about, about uh, doing for others that you would have them do unto you, about, about, about eternity, He was teaching all of these things from the view of the Holy Ghost. So look at this, people. All of these go together. They may be separated, but they all go together as one thing. Are you ready? In order for you not to condemn others or judge people, you have to pray. Jesus, in order for you to do, in order for you to do unto others as they have them do unto you, you have to pray. In order for you to make it to eternal life, you have to pray. In order for you to have discernment to not fall into the trap of these false prophets, you have to pray. Uh, In order for you, uh, in order for you to not just sound religious, but be who God has called you to be, you have to pray in order for you to have your house or your spiritual, your spiritual temple built on a sturdy foundation. You have to pray. This all goes back to Matthew chapter seven, verses, verse seven through 11. You have to pray. You have to pray. Why? Because the praise of the righteous availeth much. You have to pray. And if you don't pray, then you are missing what God is trying to tell you or what God is trying to teach you. Amen, somebody. Amen. God bless you. God keep you as my prayer. Hallelujah.